Hey y'all, it's your co-host Emily and welcome to another episode of What Came Up For You. If you're new to the podcast, I invite you to go check out the trailer to learn a little bit more about what Vink and I are all about on this show. Otherwise, this episode is all about self-discovery and finding balance when there's a ton of external noise and more. We definitely had a lot of fun recording this episode at the beginning of the year and think it's still super relevant, so we're sharing it with you now. We also want to invite you, the audience member, to join the conversation with us. Find us on Instagram. The handle will be in the show notes. And if you have an opinion or a perspective that you think would be valuable to share, which trust me, you probably do, then send us a little voice note and maybe you'll be on an episode in the future. All right, let's start the episode. Hey, it's Emily and Vank. And we want to know what came up for you. Each week is a personal check-in where we invite you to journal with us as we explore our mental health. Emily and I explore lifestyle topics to better understand the different ways we can navigate and live our best lives. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Your animals clearly love you. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very loved in my house. Yes. <laughs> I am the queen. Wait, how did I, you find Nala? I adopted her when she was eight weeks old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, from a rescue. Mm. So um, I wanted an Australian shepherd. And so I kept keeping my eye out for Australian shepherd mixes. And yeah. her litter became available. So I drove... I think I drove two hours oh, wow. to meet her litter. Mm. And then someone else was there also looking at puppies. They got there before me and I work with dogs. So I'm like, okay, looking for the personalities I want to work with. And yeah. then I, I heard them, they were interested in both of the dogs I wanted. Mm. And so I was like, uh, they were thinking about adopting them both. And so I sat there and I just like very quietly got, grabbed Nala and I put her in my lap and I was like, you are mine. <laughs> and they're just going to see that. Yes. And sure enough, they were like, oh, it looks like you guys have bonded. Okay. We won't adopt her. Oh, and I was wow. like, correct. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have laid claim. Yeah. This is my dog. And so how so, old is she? Now? She's now she's nine years old. Jeez, you've had her for nine years? I've had her for nine years. Wow. She's been with me my entire 20s. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's a life. <laughs> hey, right, Nala? <laughs> she's so cute, though. Yeah, she is. She was yawning earlier, <laughs> and that's how I was like, let's talk about Nala. Aw, yeah. I, I, so. I really, and you know, me being allergic, like, I really just don't know, and you know this, like, I don't know how to, like, you don't know what to do with them. I don't know. You literally, you came over once and we were like, okay, so Vink's not going to die today. And yeah. you you were like, the dogs were looking at you and you you just kind of had your hands up in the air like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and I'm like, Vink, you pet them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But that's the thing. Like, I've never pet, I don't pet animals because that's 
how I'm going to get myself allergic. really sick because I don't like itch my face or whatever. And then it'll be mm-hmm. worse. So. Yeah. It's funny that we're so close. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's obviously, I, I think I get the sympathy. I think I get a little bit of that, you know, from people that are like, ah, I feel bad for the guy. Uh, <laughs> it's like a sort of like a, yeah, sorry. I really wish I wasn't you, you know. Yeah, because you're missing like this key piece of joy, but that's okay. You just have to make up for it. I'm really worried about it because they say like it's good to get an animal before you have a kid, and I'm just gonna have to dive right in. I'm just gonna get in. I'm just have to have the kid and (laughs) pray to God that I'm not gonna fuck it up. (laughs) You know, they say that it's good to have an animal before you have a kid, but what ends up happening is people are like a year before they have a kid, they're like, well, let's get a dog to see how we do, and then they have a kid and they forget about the dog. Right. And so it's just like, no, get a dog because you want to get a dog, not because you want to learn how to take care of something. Good point. You know, if you can take care of yourself, you can take care of a kid. Yeah. Vank, can you take care of yourself? I'm working on it. That's right. (laughs) I can take care of myself. Yes. I can take care of myself to the extent that I think I could take care of an animal if I had to take care of an animal. Um. But yeah, I guess I guess that's the thing. Take care of yourself. That's what's part of the reason why I love doing these is because it's like, well, <laughs> let's let's take care, you know. Let's take care of ourselves. Yeah, what these came up for you today when you were? Yeah, what came up for you when you were journaling today? Self discovery. Ooh, tell me more. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I feel like. And I think you'll resonate because, again, we're we're so aligned. That's yeah. why we're doing this podcast together. Yeah. Um, but I I have just realized like this last year, and then if I want to expand on it, last five years has been just like a big fat self discovery journey. And then I started to just realize I'm like that's kind of what life is like. Mm. We spend our youth like basically unlearning everything about ourselves and accommodating to parental expectations, societal expectations, social expectations, which I guess is the same as societal. And um, yeah, well, you know, there's there's social there's no because society is like the overarching like yeah. social is like inner in like closer connections, you know. Yes, that's that's exactly what I mean. I know that's exactly and what I mean. I'm going to clarify <laughs> all those things. Thank you, babe. <laughs> yes, please do the same for me. <laughs> I will do my best. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. I feel like these expectations are imparted on us when we're growing up and we're developing. And we don't actually understand anything about ourselves. And so then we become adults and we're trying to figure out like, why are we having so much trouble thriving? Why are we having so much trouble forming connections? Why aren't we happy? Like, why are we in self-destructive patterns? And then you start realizing, oh, it's because I don't know anything about myself and I don't know (laughs) what actually makes me happy, what actually allows me to thrive. I don't know what makes me sad. I don't know what makes me angry. Like, and then you have to spend a bunch of time if you choose to unraveling that and Mm. being on a self-discovery journey. Mm. And I feel like you have the people that 
choose to go down that path, which is, which is like you and me. Mm. And, and then you have the people that choose not to, and they're, I think like 80%. (laughs) It might even be higher, honestly. (laughs) It might even, I know I kind of felt generous saying 80, but well, let me ask you this. Did you feel like when you were journaling and like realizing this, being on this journey of self-discovery of like the last year, last five years, do you feel like the self is something we already know and we're just trying to like unblock all the bullshit and it's been there? Like, do you feel like we were really ourselves and we knew ourselves when we were like two years old or eight years old or whatever? And it's just all this blockage and now we're just trying to like unpeel all the bullshit in order to read this. It's almost like a rediscovery. Do you feel like it's like that? Or do you feel like it's like a different thing or an evolutionary thing, or it's not the same? I think it's, I think it's a rediscovery. Mm. And, um, it's interesting. I hung out with a friend of mine, uh, a couple days ago. I hadn't seen him in uh, a while yeah. and he's had babies since I saw oh, him wow. last. Yeah. Um, and so he has a two and a half year old and then a one year old. Wow. And he was talking about their dynamics when it came to sharing toys <laughs> with each other and how echo she's the older one. She, she doesn't like to share her toys with free. Who's mm. the younger one. And like, free, um, like I'm gonna get this for free. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a, never heard of that name. <laughs> yeah, it's a well, good you know, name. That's a good lucky name. Hippie community here, <laughs> you know, naming your kids Echo and Free. Yeah. Like yeah. Free. Um, wow, what a name. <laughs> what's up? I, I'm Free, bitch. Oh, what's wow. up? That's it's, crazy. I know. I love it. I like that. I love it. I, I think I might name one of my kids Free. I don't know. Maybe expensive is going to be more accurate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is my child expensive <laughs> uh, you have you have four kids power water yeah. yes gas electric yeah, yeah those exactly. are your names because those are the increases in our bills. trash there's just tr- there's just, trash there's just you're trash. just that one's gonna god. grow up with the most psychological issues yeah that one's gonna have psychological <laughs> problems yeah oh my god oh my god <laughs> okay but yes to go back to this dynamic, the the two-year-old doesn't like sharing her toys with the one-year-old. So the right. one-year-old has learned to start sneaking the toys away. And so, and then once that happens, it's betrayal to the two-year-old. So they're already learning at two right. years old to lack, to not have trust, to not yeah. want to share. Mm. And so I think like, something as small as that like every single moment the moment we're born we are blank slate and we are exactly who we are and every single moment after that is social conditioning Mm. and whether it's by choice or not and so i do think like we come into this world assume you know spiritual religious beliefs aside yeah being exactly who we are Mm. and we we unlearn it pretty much the moment we start interacting probably with our parents yeah so and then you get into like the complex complex thoughts of like okay well um babies like okay you know do you let them cry do you let them or do you or do you nurture them in this or do you Mm. like make them cry it out or Mm. you know and then in the repercussions of both of those decisions 
that come into play as far as with socializing. And I'm, and so it's just, it's super complex and we're getting so much information the moment we come into the world that we never get a chance to even like sit with ourselves Mm. until, until we're in our twenties. And we're we're finally out of our parents' homes. We're and it's too late, and all the and everything's accrued up, and all the bullshit's there. And we're like, oh, exactly. God. We're gonna spend I mean, the you rest had to of go our lives. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's so true. It's we're not like I think you can be self aware, but to be on an active journey of self discovery or self rediscovery takes another level of maturity. That I just think. A lot of 12 year olds probably don't have, you know, they're just they're, you're still in that experiencing life and the traumas that are coming <laughs> with just growing up um, mm-hmm. that are going to stick with you until we end up at this point where we're like, oh, shit, we got to work on this. But I think but you feel like or you seem like you're really, I don't know, exuberant about it. You don't seem to have a negative um energy about it do you feel like oh it's like a lot of it's like this journey of self-discovery is going to be work but also at the same time like it's something you look forward to or i don't know how do you feel about it i don't know if i guess there is a part of me that looks forward to it because i don't want to continue experimenting and like having negative results yeah and i when i was writing about it in my journal it's basically like life is a series of science experiments Mm. and you can choose, you have to choose to be the scientist. Like you have to, instead of being the, uh, what is it? The test subject. Yeah. You have to choose to be the scientist. And so, yeah. Is that that an Emily original here? Cause you were bursting out some quotes last episode and this is, this is, I don't know. This is an original. This is an original. You gotta choose to be the scientist (laughs) of the experiment. Damn, control variables and everything. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, you choose like life either happens to you or you you experience life. Yeah. So that's what these experiments are. You're gonna keep going. You're gonna keep encountering them over and over again. And you have to choose whether or not you want to be in control of that. And then like, ultimately the result of the experiment tells you everything you need to know. Mm. So, and if the result is a negative experience, then you either need to change the variables or you need to not do that experiment again. Yeah. And so, but then what happens is people don't, they're, they're the test subjects. They're not the, the, the The scientist. scientist. And so they end up repeating the same experiment over and over again. Mm, and that's part so, of the reason why people end up hitting potentially a rock bottom, you know, or a, um, you know, we get to those places where we go, oh man, like we need to actually be the scientist here. I feel like that's a tough thing to, cause, cause I feel like, I don't know, I guess I feel like I feel like I'm the scientist of, many experiments but i still feel like there's i guess it's that journey of self-discovery where i'm sure there are things that are going on that i am not aware that i'm this test subject in in that particular experiment you know it's only recently that i'm like oh wait a minute like i thought i was the scientist but you know i really wasn't you know um and that's even that's a whole other thing where you kind of you, you you think you're 
in the driver's seat and you realize you're not and you're in denial about something else. <laughs> That's so true. It turns out like it even, and I can make this like such a nuanced analogy, but it's like, oh, well, you thought you're the lead scientist, but turns out you're the assistant. Yes, or you exactly. Know? Or, so you're like, I'm more aware of the, than the su- subject, but I'm like, not yeah, but you're Go still ahead. not, or, or like your whole experiment is an experiment, bro. Like it's another scientist operating on your ass and you're the scientist thinking you've got your little hypothesis and all your shit. And it's like, nope, nope. You thought, no, it's another level. It's like we went higher. It's oh shit. Oh my God. It's called the placebo effect. You (laughs) think you're the scientist. What do you do? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, look, this metaphor, we really took this metaphor, Um, but it's good. It's (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. I think that is part of the journey is constantly trying to increase our awareness about ourselves and going through these experiments, going through these life, ex- you know, experiences. And, you know, I think the 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 one thing you can do is always reflect and always um, look at the experience in as objective as a po- as a way you can or both objectively and subjectively and then kind of try and use that information so that the next time you are a little bit more in control than you were last time. Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, I think um, it's a rewarding experience, ultimately. Like, the more, the way I thought about it is, like, you you get the results of your experiment and either your results are going to be, like, a fuck yes or they're going to be a fuck no. And I think something that happens too is like sometimes the experiment itself is a fuck yes, but the result is a fuck no. So that's like, well, it's, it's an example of last night or I, I met my friends and I got drunk. And in that moment it was a fuck yes. But then I woke up and I I did all these things that didn't align with me that Mm. don't sit well. And now it's a fuck no. And And I'm having to learn lessons from that. And all you can do is say, is it worth, do you want a long-term fuck yes? Or do you want um, a short-term one that ultimately, and, and it's up to you to decide, but I think ultimately we want the results of the experiments to always Mm -hmm. be fuck yeses. And so you do what you can to start having that, happen and the results are going to be rewarding you're going to be more easier to live in your authenticity easier to set boundaries easier to build relationships easier to thrive and and define your own success um but if all of your experiments results in fuck knows then you know it's like you can't really figure out what do i like what's going to help me thrive Mm. um and so i think ultimately it's it's a rewarding journey if you can do it consciously and you can know that you're seeking fuck yes results and so yeah at the end of the day it's like it's basically putting off the temporarily the temporary sort of fuck yeses which are really just fuck no's disguised as a fuck yes because at the end of the day it became a fuck no you know yeah (laughs) exactly it's it's like was it worth it was it worth it (laughs) yeah but then but then we end up you know tempted i think that's part of it too is you're dealing with like the temptation of the temporary fuck yes can be really strong and then you're dealing with Mm -hmm. people have you know 
issues, there's addiction, it can be really challenging mm-hmm. to say no. <laughs> um, but I feel yeah. like that's part of what I'm trying to do more as well is like saying no <laughs> to even my instincts. You know, it's like I think I'm realizing that a lot of the training, a lot of the things that I'm having to relearn and unlearn about life is the fact that acting training has prepared me to do all these things that are really bad and really ineffective at like living a fuck yes life. Mm, because like what? Well, because like in, in like this is ever since our high school or before, like I've always been on this track of trying to master this craft of acting, but it is should only be used for that. But if you try to apply those principles completely to life, it'll basically like hurt you. And there are like really positive things. I think, you know, acting teaches you empathy. It teaches you, um, you, you really see things from, what's that phrase where it's like live in somebody else's shoes? You know, it's like yeah. trying to see something from somebody else's perspective. And that's like, that's part of what it mm-hmm. is. It's like you're playing this character and every character is flawed, but doesn't, but everyone's human, you know? Uh, yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, you learn to respond to your instincts immediately and act on them. Because if part of what um, I think example of good acting is, is when you see people not thinking because we aren't thinking completely when we're reacting, you know, we're just reacting. We're just like responding instinctually in the moment. And that's the Mm -hmm. that's this organic acting that we're talking about. But if you respond instinctually in the moment and say, fuck you to your boss, when you really probably shouldn't have, even though it probably felt great to say that, even though there was that one thing and then you get fired and you're like, fuck, how am I going to eat? It's like, oh, <laughs> right. Maybe you shouldn't have been instinctual in the moment and reacted. You know, great yeah, in acting, scene, I mean, bad in life. <laughs> bad, yeah, right. Great in acting, bad in life. It's yeah. like we. I think ideally, you're we're supposed to like move into a place of like I can always respond versus react. Yeah. And if you if you sit there and you go, you know what, I'm gonna wait and see how I feel tomorrow when it comes to my boss, and if I still feel like fuck you, yeah. Then I'll I'll say fuck you and then yes. I'll you know dip. But <laughs> if it's yeah that well at least you're saying reaction. fuck you knowing the ramifications. At least at that point you've thought through. Okay, if I'm gonna yeah. say fuck you, then that means like I'm probably gonna need to get a new job. Probably gonna have to do this, 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 this. And you make like a little mm-hmm. mental contract with yourself and you weigh the consequences and you respond right. in an objective way. You're not emotionally you know you're not just going off gut completely. Yeah. You know. Right. You've decided that it's worth the consequences. Exactly. You've decided it's worth or you've decided it's not, but you've decided. You've decided. <laughs> you're not deciding yeah. when you're reacting. You're not even you're that that's a you're not really making a choice. You're not making the best educated choice you can make. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like me going, oh, I maybe need to, you know, because I have that ENFP thing in me where it's that shiny object syndrome where I tend to be like, oh, new thing. I want to do that or ooh, new thing over here, and I end up, for example, not following through or on something or end up having too many projects on at one time and then, you know, end up being spread too thin. So it's about saying no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's about setting boundaries. Right. Um, and being comfortable with that. Do you set boundaries with yourself <laughs> about self-discovery? Like um, I, I, yeah. I'm starting to try and be conscious of it because the problem with self-discovery and the, and the problem with like starting this growth stuff 
at least what I'm noticing for myself is like, I feel like over this last year, I've been kicked into hyperdrive. Mm. And because just, you know, it's just been a, it's just been a struggle. Like, (laughs) you know, like I have had no choice, but to be like, look, I have challenge after challenge after challenge or experiment after experiment. And I'm like, and I have to, I have to work through it. Mm. And I'm choosing to grow from them versus to be held back. And so that's like kicked the self-discovery journey into hyperdrive. And so I've grown a lot. I've learned a ton about myself and I am perpetually now in a place where I'm like, I'm almost like, and maybe being conscious of it is helpful, but I'm totally worried about looking for things to be wrong with me. Yeah, in your journey of self-discovery, you're like, that's what that, and that, whoop, that, there it is again. There's that thing you do, Emily. I'm glad you're aware of it, but it's still bad or yeah, not good, right? exactly. It's like, there gets to be a point, like, you ultimately, you don't always want to seek it out, mm. you know? Like, it's almost like you should let self-discovery happen as in the flow that it wants to happen right. and not necessarily force it to grow. Like, you know, if you have a situation in your life happening that like you need to figure out how to sort through it that's a great opportunity to be like okay let me learn about myself but like you sort through it you just you keep moving forward you don't yeah. keep looking and digging There's into only yourself so much like, sorting you can what do. else is there yeah exactly. yeah exactly it's it's like we're going through this this giant storage unit and you just can't tackle that in a day yeah. nor is it necessarily good for your mental well-being to sort through everything you've got in that storage unit yeah. It's, you know, leave it, leave it for later. Wait till you have help. Like, right, right. Or wait till you actually have to find a particular object (laughs) or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you're looking for something instead of it just being like you're looking at the storage unit. It's like, oh, there's so much shit in here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm starting to try and create a boundary is like, Mm. uh, not everything has to be a problem with who I am <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay to just like live life and not be trying to f- learn yourself, I guess. I mean, there is a part of me that is like in some ways envious of that 80 or 85% of people who are sort of like, oh, I don't know if this journey is for me or if I want to really like, I'm just going to kind of live and let things, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think there's, even something to take from that, you know, something of of, uh, of um, not constantly overanalyzing, which I love doing, you know, not constantly awesome. trying to like figure out the ultimate, you know, uh, program that's going to like, you know, shoot me into hyper effectiveness. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not going to happen overnight. And by the way, it's like trying to I remember I used to have this thing like like in in mid twenties like oh my god I can't really like say that mid twenties, uh, <laughs> um, like early to mid twenties where I would sit down and I would have this feeling of like sitting on my laptop and be like all right Vank what can we do today to switch this shit up like let's get ourselves out of the situation you know today <laughs> and it I feel like if you so I tried to do that with career stuff and never worked. And it was just, I probably just wasted a lot of time and just freaked out and had a lot of anxiety. And I feel like the same thing may happen if you try to take that approach to self-discovery. If you're like, you know, 
all right, like self discovery is the way to go. Let's sit down and let's work on it till <laughs> till it's like till we know, <laughs> you know. And yeah, yeah. It, it well, just and that's the not, doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And that's the thing is like we're growing and evolving people and we're being shown like new information all the time and like we're going to be in situate new situations all the time that are going to test us or or make us aware of a part of ourselves we don't even know existed and like to like sit there and try and be like well if i can just go through and sort everything out now then all those future problems will be nothing but that's right. not that's not what how it works yeah and and then the future problem is the fact that you're trying to sort through everything. Yeah, you now. don't want the problem. You don't want to create your own problems. You know, you want to let the, like, yeah. the real problems be the real problems and the non-problems not be problems, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, damn, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you do to, like, what, what do you, like, how, I, I feel, for me anyways, I can sometimes get so because i'm very lucky that the thing that i'm trying to do is something i love to do you know a part of me is envious of like oh just like go to the park and like then like i mean i probably should do more of that i don't know go to going to the park and sitting and like looking at the sky i guess or i mean <laughs> do you have like hobbies <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like like just because there's work right and then that's that's that <laughs> <laughs> like i should go to the park and like sit outside more <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean that's the thing it sounds so lame it's like god like a part of me is thinking like i really like at this point i feel like it's definitely says something about me that i haven't seen spider-man yet like it's Same. been out I yeah. would have seen it, like, and I like, I'm like, I wasn't dying to see it, but like, I want to see it. I like Spider Man, you know. Yeah. I'm like, why haven't I seen this movie? Like, why haven't I just like, I've like probably had the time. Like, I probably could have gone. I just haven't done it. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. I don't know. It's it's um. I I guess. Do you have what are your hobbies and like? Do you like? take care of them the same way you take care of like these self-discovery moments or your work mm. yeah i mean okay well you know i i love yoga i love yes. movement i i i feel like i do like a lot of different things like you and me are so similar in the fact that we have our hands dipped in so many different yeah. buckets and it's just like i need more hands um, and so the answer is like, no, <laughs> yeah. like I would, I actually, I've been trying to, as of two days ago, okay. reset my habits, reset my routine because like my yoga practice has fallen off the map a little bit. My, yeah. my movement practice. Yeah. Like it's just, I'm so busy. I'm just, right. I got a lot of things I'm doing and I need to wake up earlier so yeah. that I can just go ahead and do it and like, know that, you know, I'm not, I don't have to feel guilty the whole day thinking like, but I haven't gone to my yoga yet yeah. or something. And it's something I love doing. Like every time it's hard to maybe start practicing, but like every time I practice, you know, I, I get something 
from my yeah. practice, whether it's emotional, mental, or it's just purely physical, I get something. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's like things like that, but yeah, I have like, I love painting. Do I ever paint? No. <laughs> Even though you have some great paintings in your place. Yeah. That I've painted, but do I do it? No, I don't. Right. I, because I'm like, I don't have time or I, I sink into the social media wormhole right. or like, you know, or I just like, I just want to be brain dead for a little bit. But then again, if I do sit down and paint, I, for, I remember that I can be brain dead while I paint. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's actually therapeutic type of brain dead. Yeah. Versus, it's like, like a healthy versus a spiraling. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. And it's like, oh no, we're being creative. I can still watch TV while I paint. Like right. I'm not trying to be some, it's just a hobby. And right. so, yeah, like I think, I think something that, yeah, I always come back to is trying to find balance between everything yeah. and like between obligations and the things that give you joy. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, it's a struggle bank. <laughs> oh god it's never not going to be a struggle too that's the thing no like i think i think the struggle is the point in some ways it's it's the fact that we have this conversation and we're we're figuring it out and we can have a positive attitude about the struggle and say you know we can laugh about the struggle we can laugh Mm -hmm. about it or we can talk through it or we can work through it and cry through it and whatever you know it's like i don't think there's any um you know, promised land. (laughs) I really just don't, I just don't think that's going to happen because there's a yin and yang to everything. Everyone wants a kid. They have a kid, they're happy. And then all of a sudden they got to deal with the kid. (laughs) Yeah. It's always consequences to every reward. Yeah. Yeah. And so there, it will always be a struggle of whatever struggle we're having today. There's going to be a, you know, but I think that is what makes it, I guess that's what makes it all, that's what connects us all. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to think like in college, I used to think, you know, because <laughs> James Franco <laughs> was my professor and now clearly there's all that shit about him. And, you know, he's like admitted to sleeping with students and all this stuff. And yeah, clearly, clearly the guy's dealing with some shit and, and, and doing some not not very good things. <laughs> but I remember I used to think, yes. you know, in 2013 or whatever, I used to think, you know. James Franco's just struggling just as much as I am. And that made me feel a little bit better about my own shit. And you're right, James Franco is struggling. All those 10 years later, it's like, yeah, he's got some shit he's working through. It's like, and it's definitely like, you know, I'm not envious of his struggle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I recently was thinking, because I've been consuming a ton of reality television lately. I don't know why. I'm just like. Wait, what are you watching? too hot to handle has been the recent one yeah i just went on a binge is it yeah. good i mean it's reality television so i don't know if you want to say that that's good well, I should say, is it entertain- it's, it's entertaining it's like oh clearly- it's absolutely entertaining okay, okay. absolutely that's, and i'm like yeah tell me meaning. about what francesca's doing <laughs> um okay great so but one i I like what I like to do is I definitely like to go and peek at the social media of a lot of these reality people. And, you know, they have millions of followers, thousands, or at least thousands, hundreds of thousands. And, but when you see them on this reality show, you, all of their 
shadows i'm gonna say are like glaringly obvious like they they haven't done the work they haven't done like self-development in fact they're probably they're on the show usually because they they have issues right right. and (laughs) that's why they got cast yeah and that's why they got cast but what's interesting is that on social media their lives look so enviable and everything about like they're glamorous they're gorgeous they're like they're everything that it looks like they're doing is like oh i want my life to look like Mm. that and you forget that these people a lot of people especially in in that world of fame Mm. like you know just because they're famous and they have a lot of money doesn't mean that they're happy doesn't mean that they are operating in a place that they're thriving emotionally and like it's just all um it's all appearance based and but so many people want their lives to look like francesca Mm. who i think she's like such a she's she's the one on season one and she's just like i don't know i love her but i'm like you're you've got so many issues (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I need to watch at least a few episodes of season one so we can talk about Francesca. Yeah, uh, so it sounds like there's some stuff to, to to unpack with this person <laughs> that could be yeah, interesting. It's fascinating. It's fascinating <laughs> from a psychology the way standpoint. You said like, that, it's fascinating. I mean, it's like I just turn on to researcher mode and I'm just like, here are my human hmm. subjects. Yeah. Um. Wait, do you know their signs? Of course, that's oh. part of why I get into it. Right, and so right, I don't right. think we've talked about that on the podcast, but I'm an, an astrology whore. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it, I guess. <laughs> I think you're like, that's extreme. Yeah, I was like, but okay. okay, all right, let's go with it. Let's. I'm here to support. Okay, astrology uh, whore it is today. Okay. I don't think I've ever And I say that, that, <laughs> that term is with love. <laughs> clearly, clearly. But yeah, that's part of the reason I started getting into reality television so much was that it became like a really easy way to study people psycho- psychologically and astrologically. <laughs> um. It's like these are clear cut examples of when somebody's a Libra and somebody's a this and it's a, you know, third house is it's that. It's true. It's and I mean, you know. <laughs> There's people like on YouTube and podcasts who, whether it's psychology based or astrology based or something else, where they will go through every episode and they will point out the glaringly obvious like psychological deficits that (laughs) this person is going through. And so then you just like, they're like, this person has such and such syndrome. And it's because you can tell here when they, they have moved into an avoidant blah, 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 blah. right 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 and it's, yeah or if it's astrological it's like oh this person's reacting because they're in aries and mm. like their moon is in capricorn and they're just bitches basically. <laughs> wow i i love the track of thinking that went there you know <laughs> and eventually they're that they're just bitches that's what they're is. just bitches right <laughs> But okay, so. but I want you said something earlier <laughs> that I wanted to ask about because I feel mm-hmm. like this comes up a lot because you're like, oh, they're so like it's so aspirational, like their Instagram and it's glamorous and all that stuff, and then you're like, but you watch the show and it's like clear like they're probably not happy. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like this material happiness versus like 
emotional happiness or like emotional satisfaction. I really struggle with this because a part of me thinks I don't believe that money can buy all happiness or that materials can buy all happiness. But I do believe that there is a connection between earning, material worth, satisfaction, giving. In some ways, I feel like there is, and and, and oftentimes money can be a part of that. And I do feel, um, you know, for those who don't have those circumstances um, or aren't striving to seek them, it just feels like a, like almost like throwing dirt in someone's face. That's how I feel. Like if it's like, oh, like 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 they're like clearly they're rich and they have all these enviable things, but they're probably not happy. So, you know, fuck them. I'm happy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mm. I wonder how how do you like think about that? Because material things can help. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. And I'm not saying that like, you know, monks in India, which I've met some, you know, are there genuinely, but they're on a whole different spiritual. Like for those who are going to adopt this idea that like we like have these things and we're, we're, we live in this material world, whereas the monks are like completely on a whole other spiritual level. Um, yeah, I, I still feel like that's that's a tough thing for me to completely buy. I don't know. What do you think, though? Yeah. So I'm going to start off with the monk concept. Okay. Monks still need to eat. Monks <laughs> yes. still yeah, need exactly. to, like, sleep on a surface. Like, yeah. I think I used to have a pretty negative relationship with money in the sense that, like, I hated it. I hate the corruption that money brings. I hate that money equals power and that that's even a phrase um you know i don't love i don't love these negative aspects to money but at the same time like we live in a material world everything is literally material like we we reduce material to being like having nice cars and stuff but material is literally just a tangible subject yeah an apple substance yeah an apple is a material (laughs) yeah Yeah, like cloth is a material And, you know, we need cloth to keep us warm in the winter and and stuff like that. And we live in a world where we're not hunter gatherers anymore, at least not. There are some people that are still living that life on this planet, but most of us are not. For the most part, like money is what makes those materials accessible for us to survive. Yeah. And, um, it's either if we don't have money, we have to go get it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, can you imagine seeing everyone going out and killing cows for their leather? Like, right. Like, Let's <laughs> take down the cow guys. Yeah. yeah and exactly. you know, like, and then literally skinning the beast and, yeah. and, and then making it into something you can wear. Yeah. No, we've got money for that. now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's trying to do all that? Yeah. No, no yeah. one's trying to do that. Yeah. So, but it is hard, I think, because there is that corrupt aspect to money Mm. in which it's not something that's easily accessible. And we have this giant portion of the population that is living in, uh, in the, what is it? The, I think it's like, what, what is the phrase I'm looking for here? It's, the 1% thing? I mean, we have the 1% who's making like 90% of the wealth in this country. Yeah, and then yeah. you have the rest of us. And then yeah. we have this giant portion who's who are in poverty levels. Yeah. And they they have to work 
80 hours a week just to put food on their table. Mm. And that is something like resources have been hard for them to acquire. And so then they do build this negative relationship with money and resources. And I think ultimately, like you can be the most spiritual up-leveled person and still need to have money. Yeah. So I think ultimately the challenge there is reframing your relationship with it and i'm i'm learning how to do that so i don't have answers there but you know yeah yeah, what are your thoughts well i'm with you i i I mean i you know there are stories about some of these gurus that at least my my family have talked about where it's like Jesus Christ level shit where it's like or Moses level you know Caesar parting like you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. there there is it's interesting because a part of me feels like oh is that just part of some old mythology of like the old world and how people thought and then a part of me goes well if I saw that shit you know I'd you know I would believe it <laughs> yeah. you know and maybe there are other ways that that those things um, are happening today, even if it's not as obvious as the ocean is splitting in two. Um, but, and, and, and I think for those paths, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just law of attraction on like steroids. But um, I guess what I'm saying is I do, th- I do think that there are some individuals that have decided to forego all material money and everything. And they just, and then just people just, give them that those things like it's not that you don't need them still right, they attract them. it's just they attract yeah exactly it's just people who are um yeah they just people want to give um especially i mean it's like yeah mlk day was last monday and i sent you that video you know and um it's kind of incredible it's like was mlk rich <laughs> you know it was like what would mlk's instagram profile look like today you know what i mean yeah. it's like I don't know. I don't even know if he would have right. an Instagram, quite honestly. I mean, would he even make the same impact today? As yeah, said? would he even? Yeah, you know? I mean, that's a whole other question. Or like, yeah, like, is Gandhi going to be like on IG on Twitter, like trying to get this <laughs> nonviolent? Like, I don't think <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, Gandhi gets canceled because all his other shenanigans get yeah. exposed. Right, right, know? right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, what What about the fact that these mil- billions of people are, like, you know, co- colonized? <laughs> um, I mean, again, like, nobody's perfect, right? But I do feel like we're living in this world of Instagram profiles where it's so, it's just, it's, I think it's why we these conversations are so important to have with your friends you know we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. it's like well wait a minute like Mm -hmm. like we're in a whole other world where the material is just even more in our face than it was i feel maybe it was it felt that way at the time but i just feel like because of the internet there is so much more of that it's all in your face um and yeah we are being absolutely like drowned in it um (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to breathe. Yeah. Um, it's why, I mean, you hear about these, the youth that is growing up with social media and how depression is so much higher in teenagers. Suicide rates are increasing. Social anxiety is increasing. Um, and because they're now in this 
electronic world that is constantly showing them that they're not good enough. And, yeah. and then we go back to the beginning of this conversation where they're dealing with the social expectations, societal expectations, <laughs> parental expectations, yeah. along with feeling like just getting on their phone has shown them proof that they're not worthy. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I count my blessings to have been born in the 90s. Because I'm like, yeah. at least I made it to basically 18 years old before this really started to take effect. Yeah. But I mean, we still had Facebook and it wasn't completely like, you know, right. free, but social media. No, free, yeah. I mean, we had to run home to our computer and turn on our computer, log yeah. in. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of steps we still had to take to even access yes. Facebook. Like True. there's it wasn't a portable, uh, toxic thing that we were yeah. just carrying around i can't even imagine high schools now like people we, i mean we were probably on our phones to a certain extent but like i mean i remember like we would just like get together in the morning and just like hang out in the little hallway you know and just talk yeah there wasn't that much to do on our phones there wasn't we much could, to do on the phone yeah we could play snake and you could buy a ringtone <laughs> you could buy a ringtone <laughs> You know, I think the people that would get in trouble were the people that like maybe had an abundance of friends and they were texting them, yeah, you know, but texting. but that's really, yeah, that's that's it. Because I yeah. think texting unlimited text slowly started to be a thing by the yeah. time like iPhone just was we, we were in high school when iPhones came out. Yeah. You know, and I think by the time we graduated, like it, you could easily say that it was still like. 50% or less of people yeah. had a touchscreen phone. Yeah. And or so, yeah. or yeah, exactly. And, um, but it was college for us. But yeah. meanwhile, you have elementary school kids yeah. who are, iPhone was introduced to them mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. And now they're all adults <laughs> with like a slew of issues. But then, okay, positive reframing. Okay. Along with all of this stuff being thrown in our face, <laughs> that's negative. Yes. <laughs> and oh, enviable, yeah, all this yeah, material yeah. shit. We're also the most aware and most knowledgeable because of all of this information. Yeah, because I think like these conversations you and me are having, we're able to even access these conversations more easily because now there's podcast, yeah. there's, there's, docu-series on netflix there's yep. uh there's inspiring posts on social media there's yeah, yeah, yeah. spiritual tiktok who yeah. are all about making you feel up i've heard great things about spiritual tiktok yeah i love it i had yeah. to get off of it because i was addicted to it but that's okay <laughs> there's always a pro in the spiritual tiktok was so good for my spirituality until it was terrible for my spirituality and i had to get the fuck out <laughs> and leave <laughs> oh, the irony. Uh, we have spiritual TikTok until we have spiritual TikTok. And then it's yeah. Like, <laughs> pros and yeah. cons, pros and cons. Pros and cons. But point being, we have the people that are, are doing their damnedest to get on social media yeah. and do something good with it. To, 100%. To show like positive body image i mean we've gotten the me too movement from it we've mm, gotten um true. we've gotten feminism there's negative sides of feminism but hopefully from it like both men and women and non-binary people are uplifted because yes. of it um 
and yeah, there's, there's a lot of good that has come with it. There's just, unfortunately, I feel like we live in a world where the negative always outweighs the positive. Mm. And, um, do you really feel like that? It's all, it's almost tangible. Like, have you ever walked into a room and like, you're in a great mood, but Mm. you walk into a room with someone who's in a bad mood, Mm. doesn't their bad mood feel heavier and harder to ignore than your positive mood? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point, the only the best thing to do is to be like, I'm leaving right is to remove yourself or to make your positive energy so like like a force like a wall like nope i'm happy (laughs) that then then the other person feeds off of you but you have to so it's the same thing like it's the same thing with anything it's that yin yang it just so happens i think yang tends to be the more contagious stronger force because when people are in their negative or like you're seeing, you're consuming all this negative on social media, it's just so strong, but you can make Mm -hmm. the positive just as strong. It's just harder to consume. It's easier to consume yang than it is to consume yin. Well, you know, I think yin come, I, I do believe like part of cultivating yin for ourselves is like doing those walks in the park or like painting, you know, or doing those things where it's like, you know, balance within where you're finding you know because you maybe it's there's probably an argument that there is yin to be found in spiritual tiktok right but to an Mm -hmm. extent right it's like it's like keeping everything in sort of balance and having variety of different places you go for yin different places you have to go for for yang sometimes yang is a is a good thing too in terms of letting certain things out so you can absolutely absolutely it's channeling um to me, yeah, I think yin yang, I think masculine feminine. Yeah. Like there are beautiful things to both sides of the coin. Mm. Um, but too much of one leads to an imbalance. And yeah. um it's never good, even though we're always gonna be balancing, like mm-hmm. we're never gonna get a perfect 50-50. No. And so too much of one leads to an imbalance and we have to work and we're we're just seesawing over and over. But um I think it's all it all can be good. If, I don't know. Okay. Try to make it. <laughs> so in that line, like, and I know we're almost wrapping up kind of mm-hmm. on our time, but like, so for this next week, right? What are you, what are you looking forward to? Or like, what do you feel like you're going to try and, I don't know, what do you want to work on? Or what do you want to kind of, you know, whether it's a little more yin in life or maybe like acknowledging the yang a little bit more, like what is the balance that you want to try and straddle and the struggle that we're going to straddle, even though we're not going to get it perfect, like what's the intention that you want to, to, to strive for? Yeah. Um, I think I, I've been really on this fuck yes concept. Yes. <laughs> fuck yes. Fuck yes. I think I'm challenging myself to meet myself as honestly as possible um, to achieve balance and because when I'm not being honest with myself is usually when I'm imbalanced, mm. but when I'm honest and I'm looking at the experiments I'm in, involved in um, and without trying to 
I guess, manipulate, manipulate the experiment to work in my favor instead of just kind of seeing where the experiment goes and just being honest with myself throughout it. Mm. Um, I, it's easier for me to achieve the equilibrium and the balance that I want. And so it's being honest with myself. I'm like, okay, well, if I want this fuck yes result, then I have to shift this. So I've been leaving my phone, like as of two days ago, I started leaving my phone in the living room and like turning my Alexa on so that it starts yelling at me in the morning. And then I'm, I yell back. I'm like, Alexa, (laughs) shut up. You know, I'm like, I'm asleep. But like trying to shift being honest with myself, I'm like, okay, well, if I want to get my yoga practice back, back in order, like, and if the easiest way for me to do that is to just do it right when I wake up, like I have to wake up earlier and that's how I find my equilibrium. And so, mm. and then accepting the lessons that, I don't know, I, I'm learning along the way. I, uh, I'm making mistakes every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just accepting that I'm going to keep doing that and it's okay. And there's nothing wrong with me in that process. And like Mm. pounding that into my head as much as I I can. Mm. So we'll see. I'll let you know next week how that's going. (laughs) No, I'm looking forward to that. No, but I mean, that's that's what it is. It's, it's, okay, like, how are we going to find this balance? I'm going to try and be more honest. I'm going to, you know, yell at Alexa. And we're going to figure it (laughs) out and find out what's going on, you know, next week and the next day and the next week after that. And that's what it is. I feel like that's... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, what else can you really do? You know, it's, yeah. I mean, you could either, what are your goals? I, how are you going to find balance, Frank? Yeah. How are you going to find balance? Oh, fuck. Um, I I think I (laughs) I gotta see Spider-Man at some point. I gotta watch that movie. I just, I really do. I gotta see (laughs) I gotta see this fucking movie. I'm like, I gotta At find this balance point, in my life. you're just gonna wait till it comes on Disney Plus. No, I'm not. I'm seeing it theaters. <laughs> I'm seeing it in theaters before next Friday. Um, no, okay. I, yes, the, I will actually. I, I'm gonna. Yes, I'm gonna do that. But I think it's just, um, yeah, not being so hard on myself about trying to be that perfect machine. I'm trying to make myself, which will never happen. So even letting go of that idea that I can be a perfect machine, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is like, I want to li- I want to kind of live with this idea of, um, oh wait a minute, Vank. Like, what if everything you thought about yourself that was negative? wasn't true and was made up and this story you're telling yourself because you are feeling insecure and all these narratives you've crafted about yourself are actually lies because you know i shared with you earlier like i found a little bit of success and that's been exciting and a part of me is going well i worked my ass off right like like of like like not of course but like and there is something I have to offer, but I've always just told myself that this this narrative of being a failure has, like, come up so much, you know, about this, which really is more of that lack thing of, like, striving for success out of fear that I'll be a failure, which is not a mm. good way to approach, you know, mm. trying to get the things you want is because you're so scared that you're not going to get them. Because <laughs> then you don't get them. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, like me, I think that's the thing I want to just kind of work on, like, and not like blowing it out of the water where it becomes unhealthy and I'm all of a sudden like ego inflated. And that's not what I mean. It's just kind of trying to be, again, more objective about even myself and kind of take out the harsh language towards myself and kind of going, okay, because what possibilities can be opened if you actually believed you already were a success or you already had something you wanted to offer like what could that what i want to know what what that bank is is like (laughs) you know i love that it's so true it's so true how we talk to ourselves yeah really impacts how we show up in the world and i think that's why like yeah the self-discovery journey is so important because it changes how you talk to yourself Mm. and um it does make it easier to say, I am already a success. Or yes. you can look at all the things you already achieved and you're like, I did that. Yeah. And like, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to hear, hear how that continues to go for you. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, well, I'll, next week I'll tell you about Spider-Man and I'll tell you if, if, <laughs> if, if I still, uh, how I'm feeling and, and you can tell me if you painted or if or if you're able to get up early enough oh, to do yeah. yoga. <laughs> I already forgot about paintings. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> in ten minutes. Well, here's the thing: you are such a good painter. I love your paintings. And you, and I remember I visited your thing. And you're like, oh, like this one's not completed yet. Like I still have to like do the finishing touches here. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I can't wait to see that. And by the way, like you should post about that stuff because like it's super good and there's it's just it's also very you and like it's like you look at all your paintings and they're all like coming from the same person. It's cool. You know what I mean? Like the aesthetic of it. It's like, oh, this is like an Emily painting, you know, this is an Emily painting. That's her style. Yeah, whatever that is. I will do my best. I don't think I've touched that painting you're talking about. Yeah. So so I'm pretty sure it's still unfinished. And this should speak to my belief in you. I don't expect you to paint within the week, but (laughs) I hope (laughs) I'm just being real. I don't know if you will. I mean, I hope. I wonder. I will send an inspiring text, maybe. <laughs> hey, if you're doing anything, you, know, you should paint. Um, but also, I'm not going to be mad at you because I, I get it. <laughs> um, I but <laughs> yes, I encourage your painting because I love it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> on that note. On that note. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the next the episode. Next one. Um, <laughs> we'll see if we painted and watched yes. the Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>